And having persuaded Blastus, the king Chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes. He took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, the voice of a god and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem. And when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. The grass withers and the flowers fade. Amen, amen. Um, Y'all going to turn the lights back on, Michael? Is that just keeping it like this? This is how it's going to be? Okay. All right. I guess I'm not going to be sweating as much then. It's good. (laughs) All right. Let's get into it. Well, over the last few weeks, I have been making the statements about the world, cosmos, hating us. Um, I've been coming from the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 18 to 20. Where Jesus says, if the world cosmos hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. And if you were of the world, that the world would love you as its own, celebrate you. You get on the Super Bowl. But because you are not of the world, and I have chose you out of the world. That's why we say God calls you out of the world, out of Egypt. I've called you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. And this cosmos, this, this word, Greek word here for world, it means people who are associated with a world system. They are estranged from God, people of the world. And this is why in the book of James chapter 4, um, James admonishes us to not to be adulterous. You do not know that friendship with the world, James says, James says, it's, it's hostility towards God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend, you do not want to be a friend of the world. James says you make himself an enemy of God. You don't want to be a friend of the world. James says you need to be come out from the world. Well, this world that we all inhabit, it is governed by God, which means it is under God's sovereignty. We use that word here a lot. Because the Bible tells us all from Genesis to Revelation that God is sovereign over the world, over the galaxy. There's not one atom in the universe that's out there by himself running rampant. And you, gotta, you need to understand that and believe that. That's why I keep putting it in there because a lot of Christians don't understand the basic understanding of this sovereign God that we talk about all the time here at Urban Hope. So God governs the world which means it is under his sovereignty and his providence. This means that every pharaoh, every king, every queen, every president, every political leader in the world right now, whether in Haiti or anywhere else, that they are there by the divine providence of the almighty God. Whether they're good 
or evil. They're not there by accident. And the book of Acts says they're there to do according to what Acts 4, 27, 28 says. And it happens in every generation. I love this, what Peter says. He says in verse 27 of Acts, For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, all the political leaders, all the people, and all the Gentiles, Peter says, they were gathered together in the holy city of Jerusalem against your servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Both Herod, political leader, and Pontius Pilate. Love that name. Imagine having your name in high school. What's your name? Pontius. <laughs> Pontius, man. Pontius Pilate. Walking around with his chest stuck out. I'm Pontius, man. You can punch on me. He says they were gathered, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. Verse 28. I love this verse. You should underline this in your Bible. To do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. That's a sovereign God right there, brothers and sisters. That's a God who's in control of his world. He says they only did what God's sovereign hand had planned for them to do. Proverbs 15.3 says, in ESV translation says, they were doing some things that day when Jesus was killed, he was crucified. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. So let me tell you here today, you're sinning, plus please hear me as pastor. God sees your sin. You can tell us elders whatever. We ask you questions, and you can say this or that. But God, you can't say this or that. He's not Stevie. He's not Ray Charles. He can clearly see. <laughs> That's what he's saying. In the eyes of the Lord in every place, when you go in the restroom, God's eyes say, I'm in here. I'm watching you. I see what you're doing on your phone. <laughs> see, if you think like that, you know that. You say, man, God, you're watching everything. God said, yeah, why don't you talk to me about it? That's why we're doing this fasting thing for the next 40 days. Talk to God about them struggles. God, I keep going to the bathroom doing bad things. God said, call upon my name. I see how I look low. I'm not trying to hide from you. I'll help you out. He sees you. Your wife might not see you, but he sees you. <laughs> so that's okay. So had to put that in there. So God sees everything. And he sees the leaders. Romans 13, 1, NLT version says, For everyone must submit to the governing authority. For all authority comes from God. All the authorities that you see in the world, good and bad, they come from God. He's allowing them to be there. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Some people struggle with that. Because they say, man, you know, like we got Joe Biden. I don't like Joe Biden, but he's there. Yeah, he's there, and I don't like Joe Biden either, <laughs> personally. <laughs> if Joe invited me to his house, no, man, I'd be crying. I don't want to come preach to you, man. Because if I come there, Joe, I'm going to start preaching to you. I know why. You ain't going to like that, man. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to like my preaching, man. You better get Joe Osteen in there because I just, I ain't, I ain't cut from that cloth, bro. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm a, first thing I'm bringing up when I get there, man, why are you killing the baby? <laughs> See, I'm just going to come in there. You know, you, you know, you got to stand in front of Jesus, man. That ain't going to be a good look. You writing laws and you should be telling everybody, no, man, we don't want to be doing that. So they ain't going to never invite PA to the White House and talk to the president like that. But it's just okay. 
Political leaders are where they are because of God. And when they forget that truth, God is not happy with them. Therefore, in our text today, Dr. Luke inserts in this story for us a reason. And I mean, Lord, this is just, why is Luke just bringing up Herod and some political stuff going on with him and the Tyre and Sodan and all of this? But Dr. Luke puts it here for a reason. And I believe some of the reasons is to remind all political leaders, then and now, that God will not share his glory with no one. And that there is an impending judgment that awaits them all. This is going to be a heavy sermon. It's going to be a lot of meat on the bone. And I believe that's one of the main reasons God had Luke put this in here. To remind all political leaders, then and now, that God shares his glory with no one. And that there is an impending judgment that awaits them. And to remind his church, his people, that no political leader, good or bad, can stop his gospel mission of redeeming his elect. Not one of them. From Herod, from Pharaoh, from any president, from any king or queen, they can't stop the God who sits high and looks low. That's what you're going to see in the text. Luke put it here. We see here in Luke, I mean, Acts 12, that there's some kind of political situation that is going on that Dr. Luke speaks about. Lack of food. There's Blastus, his chamberman, who worked like an administrator to Herod. We've been talking about Herod because he killed James early on, and he tried to kill Peter, but we saw him last week that Peter escaped by the providence of God. It wasn't because he was better, he had better looks. It was because it wasn't his time. And so God did intervene on James, but he intervened on Peter. And so Luke tells us there's some kind of political stuff going on. And so I put in my notes here that I love how the Holy Spirit impresses upon Dr. Luke to write this in the Holy Scripture. Why? So we can see that God is aware of all political dealings and conversations behind the scenes that are good and bad. He, he wants us to see. That's what I'm saying. People say, don't bring politics to the pulpit. It's all in your Bible. This is the holy word of God. And here you see Luke says, here, here's this king who killed James, the apostle James. He tried to kill Peter, but here he is. He's angry at Tyre and Sidon, and here's his, his, his underman, uh, Blastus. And so and here's Luke. How did Luke know all that? Somehow he knows, and the spirit of God said, put it in the word of God, because P.A. is going to be preaching it. Why? God wants us to know he's aware of everything, the good and the evil. What's happening behind the scenes? And so some of the good stuff that happens behind the scenes and some of the bad stuff that happens behind the scenes with dealings with political powers and leaders, some of them, that stuff God stops, and some of that stuff he allows for his own purpose and for his own glory. God can stop it all. He, he does on some, some he allows it to come to pass. Where it says in verse 21, I can keep going, that on the appointed day that Herod put on his royal robe, I mean, he was sharp. 
that day. He had, you know, like the rappers, he got the chains on the neck. I mean, he's, he's lit up, Christmas tree lit up. He's out. And the word of God says, King Herod on that day put on his royal robes, and he took his seat upon the throne. And the word of God says, and he delivered an oration to them. Great speech. <laughs> King Agrippa, first. You good, man. You good with them words, man. You must have went to Harvard, <laughs> Princeton, or one of them Harvey Ivy League schools, because you didn't miss any of your consonants and your verbs and adverbs. They're all lined up. <laughs> you smooth, bro. So he gives his speech. And then the people, it was so good, the people were shouting. The voice of a God. That speech was so good. They said, man, you got the voice of a God and not of a man. So now, King Agrippa I is not no good guy. I mean, I think it said the whole family was murderous, evil, adulterers. They were political, they were polit politicians at the best. And we already talked about King, how Herod, he just, he, he, he found out if he could kill the apostles in the church, that the Jews would like him more. And so he's just a slick politician. The word of God says, it says, the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately, the word of God says, and the angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give the glory. And he was eaten by worms and he breathed his life. The Greek word here, struck, is potasso. It literally means to slay by means of a mortal blow or some kind of disease. To slay, to strike down, to cause the death of someone, perhaps suggested by some supernatural or mysterious means. God struck him, sent an angel, shut his mouth. Now I ask God, why don't you just do that to all of them? Putin's over there causing World War III. Strike him down. Why didn't you just strike out Pharaoh? He can do it where he wants. But God has a purpose for everything. But that day, Herod had run his course. Whatever he was doing, when those folks said, you are God, this is not of a man, God says, get him. <laughs> Struck him down. Killed him. Um, Josephus, um, the um, Jewish historian, said that King Herod lingered for five days. Whatever happened to him, five days, suffering great pain in the area of his stomach. So whatever God gave him, um, worms and stuff, started eating up his intestines, and, and the rest was history. And so let me keep going on. So I made a statement um, in the last three weeks ago um, when I first started this sermon series on just political leaders that I said that political leaders of the past in this world from the past and the present and the future, all these political leaders. And I said that almost in every case where there's people of God have been severely persecuted in this world from the past, present, and future, I said it has always come through the orders or the edict of kings, queens, and governors and political leaders. It's always been from Pharaoh to King Herod. It's always been some kind of political leader who has given those orders to kill God's people 
And that is no stop. They set up systems. They try to they write laws that undo God's word. God says male and female, male and female, husband and wife. They come along and say, we don't care what God says. They write their own laws and say, now anybody can get married. You can get married to your cousin or whatever. So we got same-sex marriage now. Who introduced that? Not God, a political leader or leaders. They always write laws that are contrary to the word of God. They propagate all sorts of sins that are detriment to human flourishing. And you see it pressing in more and more. But there is coming the coming day of judgment to the world. All the kings and queens and political leaders. So I'd like for you now, I've got to get going here, turn in your Bible on your phone to the book of Revelation chapter 17. If you're using the Pew Bible, it's page 1229. So I named the sermon Political Leaders in the Coming Day of Judgment. And I talked about Jesus says this world will hate us. So here in Revelation 17, and we're going to be in Revelation for a minute, so let's, I'm going to get done because I don't want to keep you past 12, so I'm, so I'm moving a little faster than I normally do. And so, Cordell, can you give me one of those big Bibles down there? These words are a little small for me, so, you know, I didn't realize they weren't going to have no lights on me, so I had to figure it out. Plus, I got some new glasses on, and I don't know if I'm seeing good or whatever, so I'm getting old, man. Lord, heal my eyes. Giant print is what I need. Revelation 17. Here we go. So, John with the visions from God, this is Apostle John, and he's writing to us. And if you see your title, it says, The Great Prostitute and the Beast. It says, and let me read. It says, And one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come. And I will show you, here it is, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute. But who's he referring to? I'm going to tell you that in a minute. Who is seated on many waters. Verse 2, with whom? See, here, the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality. And with the wine of those whose sexual immorality and the dwellers on the earth have become drunk. And he carried me away in the spirit, John says, into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on the scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns, and the woman was arrayed in purple, was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls and holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual impurity. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon, the great, the mother of prostitutes and of the earth abomination. Talking about the at world, that system is all appending and hostile towards God. And he says in verse 6, and I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. How this system has been killing Christians from the beginning of time. They're not going to like you as a Christian. 
They want Rihanna up there. That's the system, the world powers, kings and queens. And so Revelation is telling you God's going to judge and let me keep going. He says, when I saw her, I marveled greatly because the angel said to me, why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast, Antichrist, with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. Talking about the nations. And the beast that you saw was and is not is about to rise from the bottomless pit and to go to the destruction. And the dwellers on the earth whose names has not been written in the book of life. Here again, you see, I want to bring this out. So I say God is redeeming his elect. Those that follow this system, that gets love and get all of the money, notice what John says. Their name is not written where? In the book of life. They're not God's sheep, John says. Verse 9, so he calls for a mind with the wisdom, seven heads and seven mountains on which the woman is seated. And there are also seven kings, political leaders, five of them who have fallen. One is, the other is not yet come. And when he does come, he must remain only a little while. Verse 11, and for the beast, the Antichrist, that was and is not, it is an eighth, but he belongs to the seven, and it goes to destruction. Verse 12, and the ten horns, talking about the ten nations that you saw are ten kings, political leaders, one for hour, together with the beast, these are of one mind, and they hand over their power and authority to the beast, the Antichrist, and they will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them. For he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, with those with him who are called and chosen and faithful. And the angel said to me, the waters that you saw when the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And then the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. And then God will confuse them and they will make her desolate and naked and devour the flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put into their hearts to carry out his purpose. Here you see God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty, his power to be of one mind, and handing them over to the royal power, to the beast, Antichrist, until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman that you saw is the great city, Babylon, that has dominion over the kings of the earth, those political leaders. They're all over, and they're taking place right now. And, and, and here, so here it gets better. Then chapter 18, let me get into it. Let me keep going so I can get done here. It said, after this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, falling, falling is Babylon, talking about the world system, that one that hates Jesus is called Babylon. She's become a dwelling place of demons, a hunt for every unclean spirit, a hunt for every unclean bird, a hunt for every unclean detestable beast, for all the nations have drunk wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. No, you keep seeing the word sexual immorality. That's what they promote from TV, LBGT. It's just anything that goes against God. It's like, no, you can't be a boy. You can't be a girl. It's, it's all this. It's being pushed from Hollywood, um, Amazon. 
It's being pushed from all the movies industry. It's being pushed in the cartoons. So you got kids, you got to make sure what cartoons you put in front of them. It's part of the whole system. It's, it's being pushed. You will not be liked in this world. It's coming to an end. Let me keep going. Then it says, all the nations have drunk up the wine in the passion of her sexual immorality. And the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have grown rich. Bill Gates is just making money on top of money. Buying up all the farmlands. I, I can't stop it. Because you know you can't. Why is Bill Gates buying up all the farmlands? Man, leave the farms alone. He don't like us like Jay cooked that meat last week. Bill Gates don't want us eating that pork like that. Some of y'all in the fast, you don't want to eat meat, but Bill Gates said he don't make sure you don't have no more meat. You're going to be eating fake meat. Vegetarian meat. <laughs> and that's what you can read. That's what he's saying. I mean, you know, he got all the money. He can do what he wants. We buying up all the farmland. Or how you going to get meat? Verse 4. Then I heard another voice from heaven say, come out of her, my people. Come out from among her. Stop sinning. Stop fulfilling these sexual desires that are outside of the will of God. Don't participate in that stuff. Stop listening to all that crazy music. Come out from among her. Stop trying to go to Beyonce concert. I mean, what we got to, I mean, me and Deion talk, man, some of y'all just got to get some discernment. When I got saved, I don't want to go see nobody. If you ain't talking Jesus, leave me alone. Facts. I don't need no more hustling and bustling. I did that when I was in the world. I'm saved. I love Jesus. I don't want to come in your concert and hear you tell me everything that my Bible tells me not to do. I don't care if you put a beat to it. <laughs> come on, Christians. Come out from among her. Lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues, for her sins are helped, are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. He will pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and he will repay her double for the deed, mix a double portion for her in the cup that she's mixed. As she has glorified herself, talking about Babylon, and lived in luxury, she so give her like a measure of torment and mourning, since in her heart, she says, I sit as a queen, I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see, for the reason her plagues will come in a single day, and death and mourning and famine, she will be burned up with fire, and the mighty is the Lord who has judged her, and the kings, here again, and the political leaders of the earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. And they will stand far off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city, Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. God's going to judge it. Then turn to Revelation 19, this is my last verse. So I'm going to come back to Acts. Revelation 19, look at verse 11. We're going to be done here. So Jesus is coming. And then John said, I see the rider on the white horse. He says, then I saw heaven open. Verse 11, and behold, a white horse. 
and the one sitting on it is his car. Here's what you need to know about Jesus. He's faithful and true and in righteousness. And he will judge us and he makes war. And his eyes are like a flame of fire. And on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood of the people and the enemies of God that he sealed, that he slaughtered. And the name by which is called, which is his name, which is called, which is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword which strikes down the nations. And he will rule them with, an iron, with a rod of iron. And he will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, his name is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now back to Acts. And I end here. Why is Luke telling us this? It says, King Herod is killing the apostles. He's killing Christians. He got the boasting. Say that the voice of a man, but this is the voice of a God. God sends an angel, kills him dead. Kings and queens, they come. God sets them up, he takes them down. I said, Lord, what is the point that Luke is really putting this here? We're in this world that fight the powers that be. And I think about politicians that I know, and I've had many, and I'm not getting into that, who you vote for, who you vote for. But I say, man, how do you guys get around? I watched the videos. I'm on Lifeline's board. They're killing a baby in the womb, selling the body parts all around the world. I'm killing the, these babies, and these guys write laws that fight against it, and then they say Jesus is okay with it. What scripture are you looking at? They don't care. But there's a judgment that awaits them. I'm here to tell you, would you be putting your hands on them? voting for him. You know, if that politician tells you that I'm going to kill babies and that I don't care what the word of God as it relates to marriage and family, you should not go in a booth and put your name to it. You say, I'm, uh-uh. You got to stand in front of Jesus. They will be judged. And yeah, they're part of the system. But why is Luke telling us this? So Herod God judges him. And then it tells us in verse 24, Herod dies, God kills him. Obviously, somebody else took his place. But verse 24 says, but the word of God increased and it multiplied. Jesus will continue to do what he told his apostles in Acts 1.8. I'm the kurios. I run this. I'm the true king. I'm the true Lord. I'm the true God. You go about giving my word. Herod, Pilate, Pontius, Herod, King Agrippa, and all who will come and go from Putin, from Chinese emperors, they will come and go. But my word, my word, it will go out like a two-edged sword, and it will divide, and it will conquer. And he said, the word of God increased 
and multiply. It's telling the church, don't you focus on political leaders. Don't you put your hope in that. You put your hope in the word of God. It's the only thing that's going to last. It's the only thing that will be here for all eternity. Kings and queens, they will come and go. There's only one true king, and it is Jesus the Christ. And what Dr. Luke is trying to say, church, Herod died. God didn't give him grace like he did Nebuchadnezzar. He said, well, Nebuchadnezzar, since you're saying I built Babylon, I did this, and I did this, all right, bro, eat grass for seven years. You'll be like a sheep. You ought to be thankful Chad is not out there looking around. He was back in the day because Chad would have shot you. If you would act like a deer, then Chad will shoot you like a deer. King Nebuchadnezzar, he came back and he got his mind right. He said, oh, I give praise and glory to the most high. Herod didn't get that. He's talking too much. He don't give God glory. He should have said, man, you know what? I'm here. Great speech. It's all to the glory of God. Now, he boasted in himself. God's a king. And this is what God's saying to all the leaders of the world. I'm coming for you. I know you're part of the system. I'm watching. My eyes see the good and the bad, the evil and the, and the good. I'm watching. I ask God, why you don't stop it? Read Revelation. It has to be. It's all coming together. And so God said, don't you focus on that. What you focus on is the word of God. We go be missionaries. That's why we're going to the Bahamas. We're not going just to have sea resort. Yeah, we, they'll see that, but they're going to see all that poverty. They're going to see people spiritually blind. They're going to see kids at Yabba Elder who know the left hand from the right hand, who can't read. Where they're going, they have the highest homicide in all the Bahamas. Black people. When you see the poverty, and they can't read, and they don't have iPhones, they don't have anything. We ought to be about the mission of God because one day he's coming back and he's going to clean this thing up and he's going to judge Babylon the Great, the world system that's opposing us, that's pushing this stuff all on us and our children, and we pray against it. But our job is to be focused on what Jesus told us to do in Acts 1-8. Go therefore in all the world and to testify to who I am. That's what should be your focus. And that's what Luke is trying to say. Herod died, but guess what didn't die that day? The word of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word that it will never die. <laughs> it will never go away. It will never be stopped. It will never be comprehended, Lord, because it overcomes the darkness in us and all around us. Help us to be faithful to speak it out to our neighbor to our left and our neighbor to our right. That we will be faithful witnesses to the word of God, which we see in the book of Revelation, that you, O oh Lord, comes back and is written on the side, a name that only you know, which is the word of God. Help us, Lord, to not to be contaminated with this world that is passing away. All around us, from Super Bowls to whatever it is, Lord, help your people to come out from among her be separated from her and to live as pilgrims and strangers and sojourners in this world but to have our eyes fixed on Jesus who's the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we thank you for this now. Bless us, Lord, to obey. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stay on your feet as Brother Chad comes to